Hello, hello, hello. Once again, all my fellow patriots and you filthy leftist stalkers out there. You are listening to Angela's Soapbox on Raging Olympics Radio. My name is Angela Box, and I'm on video again. Get excited. Uh, if this is your first time uh, listening to Angela's Soapbox, let's get the housekeeping uh, out of the way. Everything is warehouse on angelasoapbox.com. My new Instagram and Facebook are the real Angela Box. And uh, I still have a bit shoot at the box that rocks. Same with Rumble at the box that rocks. Or you can look up Angela's Soapbox. Um, this podcast is going to be turned into Apple, Spotify, and iHeartRadio. Um, after you listen live on Saturday mornings from 10 to noon. And uh, yeah, everything's warehoused on angelasoapbox.com. Okay. Before I get to the sea turtle killing plastic straw, because it's a good one. And I was really debating. I'm like, is it going to fat Alvin Bragg or what, what's going to happen this week? And we're definitely going to talk about the Trump indictment because it's so dumb, and stupid. And even the left is like, this is stupid. What are you doing? Like, this is all you got. So we're going to talk about it. But before I get into that, <clears throat> you are going to be hearing and seeing a bit more of me. Um, and I'm excited about that. I've been asked to do a show from a network out of Washington, D.C. It's going to be similar to this type of show. It'll be an hour, um, Tuesdays at one o'clock. It'll be video. It'll be audio. You can either listen to me or look at me or throw tomatoes at the screen, like whatever you want to do. So that's going to be exciting. That's going to be starting soon. And also I'm very excited to announce that I'm going to be doing a Saturday morning show on the Salem network here in Houston. It's called a 1070 and TH are the call letters, I believe. Um, and if you are interested in helping me out with this endeavor, because I am looking for sponsors for this, um, please email me at Angela's soapbox one at gmail.com. Um, look guys, uh, I want to be the next Rush Limbaugh. Okay. I'm not saying I'm going to have numbers like Rush Limbaugh, but I want to be appointment radio. I want to make radio great again. I want people to be like, what is this heifer going to say today? So you can help me get that door open. If you're interested in sponsoring the new show that I will be having on Saturday mornings on 1070, the Salem radio station here in Houston. Again, you can email me at Angela's soapbox one at Gmail. All right. Enough with the, um, the BS. All right. The sea turtle killing plastic straw. Every week on my show, I give a sea turtle killing plastic straw because I just adore killing sea life. Um, it's going to <laughs> Anheuser-Busch. And uh, unless you've been living under a rock, you know why it's going to Anheuser-Busch. I was about to give it to that little demented twink, Dylan Mulvaney, but we'll get to him in a minute. All right. All right, let me share my screen with you guys. So Anheuser-Busch this week, decided to uh, do something really, really stupid. And what they decided to do is uh, give Dylan Mulvaney uh, this. Okay. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Yeah. I'm getting ahead of myself. Dylan Mulvaney is this little, uh, oh, there, there, there's an, a lovely little advertisement there. Dylan Mulvaney is this demented little twink that, um, <laughs> that, that the left loves because he says, oh, it's it's my 365 day of girlhood. Dylan Mulvaney is a gay man who has gender dysphoria, but not really. Like, I feel like this kid is basically just doing what's popular. And what's popular right now, scarily enough, is to be, you know, transgender or whatever. So this little nut job 
is going around saying he's a girl and he's been invited to the White House and he goes on Drew Barrymore's show and Drew Barrymore kneels down and and bends the knee to Dylan Mulvaney and like, I'm so proud of you, Dylan, with their little weird list. Anyway, so here's this lunatic right here. And Dylan, I mean, if you're watching, you can see how utterly frightening this is. But it looks like, I don't even, I mean, I don't even know, like the worst gay Audrey Hepburn ghost you can imagine. Like, he's really weird. Like, he dresses up as a little girl, like the Eloise doll, uh, and he he invites you into his little girl room. It's like super, super creepy. All right, so here we go. Um, the Gateway Pundit previously reported that Bud Light partnered with Dylan Mulvaney, a biological male pretending to be a woman, to celebrate, quote, 35 days of girlhood. Well, you know what? I've had a lot of days of girlhood, and this heifer ain't it. All right. So he says this, the beer brand, it, Dylan Mulvaney has become the new brand ambassador for Bud Light. The beer brand even made a special edition Dylan Mulvaney can, celebrating 365 days of girlhood. Now. This did happen on April Fool's Day. However, it was not an April Fool's joke. But I'm telling you what, the hashtag boycott Budweiser has been trending for quite a while now. And there's this great bar in uh, Houston called Presley's. And Presley's uh, DGAF, just like yours truly. And uh, today their billboard says uh, it's Miller time. So I imagine there's going to be a whole lot of people who will be canceling Bud Budweiser and, and Bud Light and anything Anheuser-Busch. And also, here's something else, and here's another reason I will never wear Nike. <sighs> Dylan Mulvaney is now modeling Nike sports bras and leggings. So if you can see the screen, you see, again, the little boy dressed up as Audrey Hepburn or something. And he's an, an yeah, he, this kid, y'all. Yeah. This guy is like an anorexic twink. I don't even know how to explain it. Um, it's more mocking of what it means to be a woman. It's more gaslighting you into thinking that that this is normal, that these people are somehow just like you and me, these people with severe mental illness who want to think they have gender dysphoria. And look, most of these people do not have gender dysphoria. We've been over this many times. They're just trying to be trendy, and they're literally insane. Okay, so the point is this. Dylan Mulvaney, um, I guess, has been sucking a lot of D over there. <laughs> That's right, I said it. Uh, sucking a lot of D over there at um, Budweiser and uh, Nike in order for this to happen. And these dumb corporations, this is the thing that blows me away every time. Like, these, again, dummies. Stupid. This is not your target audience. This is a very tiny minority of the population that actually thinks that this is a thing, that you can choose genders, that this is acceptable behavior, or that this is what we should be doing with kids. And they think, that, I mean, I guess they go on Twitter and they have such the woke hive mind crazy people that now work in all of these corporations where they think, oh, this is what the people want. Yes, we. this is what, yes, ladies and gentlemen, this is what the people want. We want Dylan Mulvaney. We want this absolute freak lunatic, this guy, right, Chomp, this guy, to be the face of all of your Nike advertising, because why not? I mean, we've got Colin Kaepernick, and now we have this little messed up twink. And I call him a twink because 
That's what you used to call gay guys that look like this. You know, very slightly built, extremely effeminate gay guys were called twinks. Okay. Um, this is not, I'm not breaking any news here, but what I think Nike ought to do is because, you know, the transgender community wants to gaslight you into thinking there's something wrong with you if you don't like this thing and you don't want to put your D inside of this thing. I think what they need to do is they need to let Colin Kaepernick know that if he wants that Nike money to keep rolling in, you're going to have to, um, you're going to have to show you're not a transphobe, Colin. And, um, you're going to need to take Dylan Mulvaney out on a date. And even better, you're going to have to put your D inside of Dylan Mulvaney's, I don't know, pooter. Sorry to be so graphic, but uh, Dylan Mulvaney has not had his, quote, bottom surgery. And as you can tell from the pictures, he hasn't had his top surgery either, okay? He's an effeminate twink pretending to be a girl. But anyway, so Budweiser and Nike think that this is what the American people want to hear and listen to and everything like that. And uh, that, you know, we're just a bunch of squares over here in middle America who don't who don't like gay people. It's like, nope, 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 not going to gaslight me. I don't have a problem with gay people. I don't have a problem with what consenting adults want to do in their bedrooms or on the street. And hey, man, if you want to be Billy Porter. And I mentioned this in last week's show. Billy Porter is a gay man who dresses and dress. He puts on dresses. OK, but he's not like a typical drag queen because he doesn't really do the extravagant makeup and hair that typically you would see with drag queens. Just a gay man who likes to wear dresses, okay? I mean, it's like, you're not that... Again, you're not breaking any ground, Billy Porter. You're not breaking any ground. You're doing what all transvestites... Yes, that's what we used to call men who put on dresses. All transvestites have done since the beginning of time. You know, transvestitism and gender dysphoria are real things, and they've been around forever. It's just that you want to push it onto kids. And that's the problem that normal people have with this. And so when they want to tell you that you're a transphobe, if you don't want to have sex with a transgender person, or you're a transphobe and you're against gays and lesbians, if you don't want this insanity pushed on kids, uh, you know, tell them to F off. Like, tell them to eat several Ds, okay? And in fact, Dylan Mulvaney, you can eat several Ds. And Budweiser, you can eat several Ds. And I, I imagine Budweiser is going to, and Nike, well, Nike doesn't care because Nike's been psycho woke for God knows how long. And they sell lots of uh, shoes in China. They don't, they don't care about the sweatshops in China and, and the slave labor camps in China. No, 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 no. As long as they're, you know, churning out their, their shoes for them and their, their uh, sports bras and workout gear that this uh, demented little twink Dylan Mulvaney can wear, like they're all cool with that. But, you know, Anheuser-Busch has been typically, you know, a conservative company, uh, all-American beer. And now people are like, you, you, you done showed your ass, Anheuser-Busch. You done effed up, okay? And Kid Rock, I think, spoke for all of us this week when he put out a Twitter post and he was like, uh, here's what I think about Bud Light. And he puts he puts uh, three... three uh, cases of Bud Light and he pans the camera and he takes his AR and he just shoots the hell out of the, the Bud. So, I mean, good job Anheuser-Busch and good job Nike because you're doing the most as, as you leftists always do. Um, breaking news, I saw this on Twitter before we go to the break. I don't know much about this BlackRock thing, but what I do know is that BlackRock is uh, this evil conglomerate that basically pushes the ESG and all that crap. 
So here's what I saw. Where is this? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So hush timer. Okay. Here's what I saw here. Um, oh, that too. Breaking news. It has just been revealed that the judge presiding over Donald Trump's case donated to Joe Biden 2020. Oh, we'll get to that in the next segment. But this is what I want to talk about. $10 trillion asset manager BlackRock Paris headquarters has been taken over by protesters. And uh, unless I'm completely off base here, the the, the protesters are uh, not leftist protesters. Let me see if I can find anything about this. They're not leftist protesters, I don't believe. These people are the 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 yellow vest brigade, and the yellow vest people have been um, decrying, you know, the COVID lockdowns and the the ESG, which BlackRock is a you know a company that really promotes environmental, social, governmental. So when you hear about all of these woke things happening all of a sudden, yet in tandem, that every corporation is now pushing the same crap, it's because of groups like BlackRock. Because BlackRock is venture capitalists and they invest in these insane um, woke agenda items. And by the way, they also uh, advertise on Fox News. So, you know, controlled opposition, if you get what I'm saying. Let's see. Yeah. BlackRock Paris headquarters has been taken over by protesters and the media is silent. Riot police throw stun grenades, ramping up the violence and hurting protesters. Way to go. Yeah, of course. The protesters who... I've had enough in France. I'm going to get rid of Macron. And I guarantee that Marine Le Pen, that that election was a lot closer than they want you to think. Um, because, look, the deep state does the same election shenanigans all over the world. Nothing from Macron and nothing on your media. It's an important it's an unimportant blip in the direction of travel. I mean, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So they're they're taking over BlackRock and no one is talking about it. I find that very interesting. Um, but we have lots more to get to, ladies and gentlemen. You are listening to Angela's Soapbox on Raging Elephants Radio. I need to stop my screen share. That would be helpful. You're listening to Angela's Soapbox on Raging Elephants Radio. I'm still working out the kinks of doing videos, so bear with me. Uh, in the next segment, I have uh, Will Hickman, the member of the State Board of Education. He's going to tell everybody what's going on with the, the Texas education agency takeover of the most detestable district in uh, Texas, HISD. We'll be right back. Texas Specialties is in a little town of 1,000, Three Rivers, Texas. Texas Specialties is a small family business in a town where treating people right is a way of life. The Stubbs Family's Texas Specialties started out doing high-quality t-shirts for Texas music scene bands at affordable prices. Everything, the design, the artwork, the printing, accepting minimum orders, even selling t-shirts for the bands online. And now they bring that experience to you anywhere in Texas. Texas Special Tees. 
can do the same for any small business, for teachers, for schools, dance classes, athletic teams, clubs, and anyone needing good quality screen printing at an affordable price. The Stubbs family loves to work with ideas and the people who have them. Your experience with Texas Specialties will be excellent. Anything less just will not do. Call 361-784-2052. 361-784-2052. Click Texas Specialties. Add on RagingElephantsRadio.com. Radio. I am really excited to have this guest here today because those of you that have been following this show know as a former teacher, I am all about this HISD takeover from the state of Texas. I've got with me right now a member of the State Board of Education, District 6, Will Hickman, who I had a chance to meet uh, last week, and I needed him on the show because it has been bananas this state takeover. So welcome, Angela Soapbox, Will. Thank you for coming on. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. It's great to be here. So, you know, State Board of Education, a lot of people don't know, it's uh, it's not a small thing, and it's an elected position. And when you ran, you ran on a, a, a liberty and a freedom uh, platform. Explain to my listeners why you ran and exactly what's going on right now. Well, the main reason I ran is I've got three kids in public schools and the State Board of Education really determines what we're going to learn more of and what we're going to learn less of. So if you want to look at social studies and you want to look at what is the lens we're going to use for U.S. history or Texas history, uh, is an American exceptional nation that was founded, uh, you know, by patriots and um, blessed by God, or is the U.S. a terrible place and we've got it all wrong? We get to make those sort of calls. Um, so it's a really important job, I think. We've got 15 members across the state. Each of us represent about 2 million people. And I represent here West West Harris County and picked up most of Montgomery County. Yeah, and, and so the TEA, the Texas Education Agency, you're working closely with Mike Morath, who correct me if I'm wrong, was appointed by Governor Abbott Yes. to run the takeover. How did, um, how, let me ask you this, how did TEA start really to being like, hmm, we've got a problem, Houston, we have a problem here. And when did that, when did those wheels start getting in motion? Um, so actually this bill came about, I want to say about 10 years ago. Uh, Representative Jim Murphy told me about it, I think, when he was on the floor as a fairly new in his um, in his term. And what they what they said was any time a school district fails five years in a row, the state has to intervene. So that bill has been in place for a number of years. I think there have been two or three other districts have gotten caught up in that. The way HISD got tripped up 
is Wheatley High School had seven years of failing uh, as a failing campus. So the commissioner had a couple options. One was he could close Wheatley and the other is he could dissolve uh, HISD trustees and fire the superintendent and put in place this new board of managers. And that's the direction he's chosen. This should have happened two or three years ago, but when the TEA started that process, uh, HISD sued and it's been stuck in the courts and just recently got out of the Texas Supreme Court with the TEA prevailing. So uh, the commissioner and TEA is now able to move forward uh, with what they had started a few years ago. See, I didn't know that HISD had sued because one of the talking points from the left and from trustees that even I respect, like Kathy Blue for Daniels, I think she's she's a lady I feel like is more of a moderate and someone we can work with, but she even has the talking point of, uh, you know, that's not fair because it was only a two-year period they were looking at from 19 to 21, and of course there was COVID, and I'm like, well, I don't know the ins and outs of all of it, but I do know, as a former teacher, I know exactly how they are gaming the system with these uh, scores, with these grades, et cetera. Um, they're not giving real grades. They're not flunking kids. They're not teaching basics. Um, I, I mentioned to you at this meeting we were at that I think a, a great idea, instead of reinventing the wheel and, and going back to these uh, textbook uh, publishers that make just tons of money selling new stuff every two years to campuses, to go back and reissue textbooks from the 70s and 80s and old workbooks especially in primary grades, because in my opinion, if you don't have that primary foundation, there is no critical thinking skill. There are no critical thinking skills. So what do you say to those people who say that maybe HISD um, didn't have enough time to fix this because of COVID? Yeah, so the, the problem arose way before COVID. This was uh, seven years of failing. Um, at, at the Wheatley campus. And it's um, A through F ratings, if you're familiar with that. It's based on the STAR test, but it's not just a snapshot of the STAR scores. So you can, you can pass as a campus the STAR test a couple ways. One is your kids are at grade level and they're performing reading, writing, arithmetic at grade level. The other is they're below grade level, but they're improving year over year. And unfortunately for Wheatley and those kids, they were neither at grade level nor were they improving. Um, so that, that was, I think the same thing you're talking about is something I talk about a lot is the three R's, reading, writing, arithmetic. If you can't read, you can't learn anything else. Uh, you're, all the doors will be slammed in your face, right? So it doesn't matter what sort of career or life you want to embark on. It's going to be very difficult for you. So we have to look at literacy. We have to look at numeracy. Can you add, subtract, do multiplication, divide? Can you function in society? Um, so we, we often are arguing about critical race theory or, you know, any number of hot, hot button issues, but none of that matters. The, the kids aren't going to grasp that if they, if they can't read about it. And uh, like you said, can't think critically. So, yeah, I have a theory that the left is, is hell-bent on keeping public education because they need, they need people to be uh, fat, lazy, dumb, woke, confused, and compliant. They can't figure out what gender they are or, uh, you know, that Whitey's out to get them all the time. 
Uh, they create a generation after generation after generation of people who are angry and who are easily controlled. And, you know, we we all know that one of the things the left is doing right now and these psychos going to these meetings and screaming their heads off. That's hilarious because my friends and I, we've been going to the, the, the school board meetings for about two years. And it's like, we haven't seen any of you people at these meetings, the you, you HFT or AFT people and screaming parents and freaking out parents. And what they're doing is saying that this is somehow a, a racial issue. And they're, they're invoking, they literally invoke Jim Crow at the last meeting. And it's like, wow. Like, you, I, I love that they're talking points, no matter what the issue comes back to race. It's insane. Well, I don't think... Um... My thinking about the reasoning behind of all of this is, I think, a little different than yours. For me, it's about money, power, and control. Mm. So HISD has a multi-billion dollar budget. Uh, I've had friends call me two or three years ago and said, take a look at the purchasing department. They fired all the lunch ladies and put in place a $100 million catering contract. They fired all the janitors, put in place a janitorial services contract. The maintenance people are gone. And yet all the people in purchasing are driving Escalades. So there's billions of dollars. Uh, Texas as a whole is $120 billion. I know HISD is in the billions. And those the, the people, the powers that be are fighting over those billions of dollars and they don't want TEA to come in and upset the apple cart there because they've got their hand in the cookie jar. Unfortunately for me, I don't get any money. We're pure volunteer. Um, but yeah, it's uh, there's a lot of shenanigans behind the scenes. And what's the tragedy is the kids are the last priority. Yeah. So no one's learning anything, but they're all worried about power control and money. And in, in terms of race, you can look at kids who are successful and kids that are not successful. It has nothing to do with race. Here's some parameters you could look at. Do you have two parents at home or one parent at home? If you have two parents at home, you'll be more successful. Are your parents working or are they not working? If your parents are working, you'll be more successful. Um, are your parents educated? Did your parents graduate high school, go to college? If all that's true, the more educated your parents are, uh, the more successful you'll be. And none of those have anything to do with race, but those are good indicators that if you look at our society, a lot of our societal problems are kids with a single parent, not working, not educated, and the kids don't have any kind of shoes to follow. I mean, shoes to step in, right? To follow along uh, good examples of how they can get further educated and work themselves out of that situation. I co-sign everything you say. I talk about it a lot on this show. And the left likes to talk about the playground to prison pipeline and uh, and act and, and, and the gaslighting they try and do. Like, like they're not the ones in charge of the education system. Like they're not the ones in charge of the inner cities and these urban areas. And it, it, it really is... I think it's um, evil, actually, what the Democrats have done to generations of kids. And I think one of the, the, the bigger political issue is if we, if TEA, and it's, and it's not going to happen overnight, it's not going to happen in three years, five, it's gonna, it is societal. And, and if society is not willing to take a look at itself and, you know, be honest about certain things, nothing will change regardless of what the state of Texas does. 
But I think that um, if, if Texas can come in and show that getting back to basics, instilling discipline, holding parents accountable, holding students accountable, that these are the things that work, that create a functioning society, that's going to take a big plank away from the Democrat Party. Yeah, and if I can add add to that, what we're transitioning from as a state is the four by four matrix. All kids take four English, four science, four social studies, four math to get them ready for college. And we're moving more, and, and my initiative is called Flight Plans. We're passing a course for seventh and eighth graders and it's really looking at the CCMR numbers, career, college, military readiness. I mentioned this last week, which is at 60% for the state. That's a D minus. 40% aren't prepared for anything. So it's really giving every kid their own flight plan. What am I trying to do the day after I graduate high school? What do I want to do with my life? Whether I want to go be a pipe fitter, open a restaurant, buy a taco truck, do, open a hair salon, you know go be an Aggie or a Longhorn or go in the Army or the Marines, is giving every kid their own hopes and dreams in seventh or eighth grade, something they can work towards during high school, and then working with the counselors and the courses and having everything in place to prepare them to get them there. So that's really where my focus is, is that 60% is our return on investment. So we're investing $120 billion, and we're only 60% successful in preparing right. the kids for their future. And I that's where, th that should have been my answer to your first question is, in addition to my kids, the five and a half million kids of Texas, I really wanna prepare all of them for, some, for their own American dream. I love that. And I love the idea of, it's not, it's not like you're giving an aptitude test like they do in England. It's like, okay, well, you're in this category. This is the only thing you can do. But what it does, it will, it will show uh, counselors and students, where their interests lie, how their interests can translate into a career one day. I love that. I think it's great. Um, how can people, because at the meeting you mentioned you need volunteers um, to help with the textbook and the curriculum and things like that. And I want to add real quick, another reason that HIC is being taken over is that only 29% are college ready. 29%, or like you said, CCMR. So it's, it's not it's not good in HISD. So how can people get involved if they want to help this next phase of what's going to happen in HISD? Um, sure, yeah, thank you. Um, I have a newsletter I send out kind of either right before or right after each of our meetings. We meet about five or six times a year. And currently we're looking for CTE, career and tech, really looking for industry people. Mm -hmm. If you work in some kind of industry, whether it's nursing or welding or agriculture or anything, we have courses for all of those in Texas high schools. And we're looking for the experts to help us develop those courses. Um, so yeah, visit my website, go to the TEA website for State Board of Education. You can sign up and volunteer uh, for those. We also do textbook reviews. So we have um, experts looking at the proposed textbooks from the publishers and giving us feedback on which ones to adopt or not. But yeah, follow along. My website's uh, willhickmancampaign.com or on Facebook at Will Hickman Campaign. Um, I post there and you can follow along with me and then um, follow along with what the legislature is doing. They're in session. Um, no one's safe when the folks are in Austin. So uh, stay tuned there. And um, yeah, come watch our meetings, come testify. Uh, love to see you. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm just, I'm so excited. Like, 
I can't even tell you. As a former HISD teacher, I'm just, I'm really excited for the kids, for the parents, for the good administrators and the good teachers, um, the ones that are kicking and screaming the hardest and the loudest. I think we know why they are. So, uh, Will, thank you so much for coming on Angela's Soapbox, and we will be right back. Right. Thank you. do it the rer 2 plus 2 challenge howdy rowdy texans it's me e the millennial voice of rer i'm a big fan of RagingElephantsRadio.com. more texas voters should be listening to rer every day a better deeper knowledge of how texas works will help texas voters to make texas more like texas the rer 2 plus 2 challenge Listen to RER two hours a day, every day, for two weeks. You'll learn more about Texas politics in two weeks than you've ever known. Mark it on your daily calendar. Set your phone alarm. The RER 2 plus 2 challenge. Two hours a day, every day, for two weeks. RagingElephantsRadio.com. The rebellious voice of Texas liberty. Okay, um, that interview with Will I thought was illuminating because a lot of people don't understand what exactly is going on with the Texas Education Agency taking over HISD and the reasons it did. And essentially, it's because um, it was there's you have to have um, seven years. I think it's I think what he said it was either five or seven years of failure. And this one high school had had that. And certainly Wheatley High School is not the only school that has that. HIST is terrible. Um, 29% of the students can actually, are actually ready for careers or, or military, as, as Will said, career, career uh, college or military or um, just life in general. Like they're not ready. So it's, it's, it's an important issue. And the, the left does not want, um, they don't want an educated society. Like, can we keep it 100? And they certainly don't want an educated minority society because they need minorities to be firmly ensconced and firmly implanted on the Democrat plantation. And to that end, uh, let's talk about what's going on with President Trump, because, you know, the left didn't get a lot of the things they wanted this week. Um, They wanted uh, they wanted riots. They wanted they wanted uh, they wanted January 6th all over again. And it's funny because Karine Jean-Pierre was asked, um, why haven't you commented on President Trump's indictment? And when Joe Biden was asked if, if some reporter actually, I don't have the temerity to say, uh, is isn't this indictment of President Trump politically motivated? And this garbage human who has made untold millions from all kinds of disreputable, horrible places, just laughs, just giggles. Like, you know, no big deal. 
And when Karine Jean-Pierre said, you know, I'm not going to comment on an ongoing case, um, the, the reporter from the New York Times of all places actually said, well, you commented on and you continue to comment on January 6th defendants who are also presumed innocent. And you don't you don't you don't want to you don't want to say that they're innocent. No, no, no. Of course, they they were they were fomenting an insurrection. They were responsible for the darkest day we've ever had of our democracy. Crap, they owe this this heifer. I mean, I I literally cannot stand these people. And that's why I'm so excited that I'm going to be getting a lot more opportunities to explain just how much I can understand them and uh, stick it to them. Um, okay, so let's talk about this this case. So I was just on Twitter. Still don't have a Twitter, by the way. Uh, yeah, Elon, your, your support people, they will not send me a six-digit code, so I can't get my Twitter back. Just like now my Instagram's gone and my Facebook's gone. And it's funny because even though I do have a new Facebook and Instagram, I mean, all my content of all that, all those years is just gone. And I was trying to look into getting like a blue verified check mark. And uh, Meta was like, no, your your accounts don't qualify for a blue check mark. It's like, why, why don't my accounts qualify for a blue check mark? I wonder. It's like clicked on it and it said that if you uh if you're in, in your if you're in frequent violations of our community standards, like, oh, oh, okay, got it. Anyway, so this this whole Stormy Daniels thing, they actually went through with it and indicted Trump. And um every single, like pretty much honest leftists are saying this is a this is an absolutely ridiculous case. And this should never have been brought because the record it's a it's a records keeping case. And they charged him with something like 34 felonies. So I'm just gonna let y'all know what's gonna happen. In my opinion, they are going to uh, convict him. And this judge, by the way, let me see if I'm going to share my screen of this because I want you all to see this. This um, this judge is a uh, let me get this open real quick. This judge is a, um, a a Biden donor, not only a Biden donor. Let's see. I was a little bit less. Share my screen. He's not only a Biden donor, but his daughter worked for Kamala. So. Yeah, I mean, it's like just one one thing after another with these people where it's just it's just unfair. It's just totally unfair. And hang on a minute. Darn it. I'm going to stop here. Okay. I apologize. I'm still working out these kinks, guys. If you're if you're not you're not watching the, the podcast, if you're listening, I do apologize. I'm I'm trying to, you know, share my screen and show you things I'm looking at, et cetera. Okay, so here we go. Daughter of the judge overseeing Trump's case worked for Kamala Harris campaign and now serves as president of a company that has Biden Harris campaign as a client. So, ladies and gentlemen, here's what is going to happen. They're going to find him guilty on at least one of these charges. And most of these charges stem from after the 2016 election. So I don't really know how they're going to say that Trump was, uh, you know, uh, meddling in the 2016 election when all of this happened after the 2016 election. And I don't understand, again, how is this, how does this misdemeanor rise to the level of a felony? Like, I still don't understand how giving money to a woman to not go public with an affair, which is what rich and famous and powerful men do literally all day, every day. How is this a crime? Especially when she comes out with the letter saying it never happened. Michael Cohen is like, 
I paid it with my own money. It didn't come out of the the campaign. I I, I mean, make make it make sense, leftists, please make it make sense because it doesn't make any sense to me. All all this is is a witch hunt. But they're, they're gonna find they're gonna find one thing, one thing that they can find him guilty on, and they're gonna try and throw this man in jail. That's what's gonna happen. And what they think is going to happen then is that they're going to get their uh, insurrection on steroids because they think that Trump supporters and Trump and MAGA people will lose their minds if Trump is convicted. And then this uh, dirtbag uh, Biden donor judge whose daughter worked for Kamala Harris. I mean, guys, guys, just on the basic level of fairness, like in the basic level of uh, common law and uh, doing what's right and doing what's fair. This judge should have recused himself. And so all the leftists this week, when when anyone is pointing out the, the family ties of this judge, they the left has been losing their minds because they're like, how dare you bring up his family? You need to leave his family out of it. It's like, oh, really? Because you guys talk about people's families all the time. You guys smear and defame Trump's kids and Trump's families 24 hours a day, seven days a week. So, yeah, I'm going to bring up the fact that this judge's daughter worked for Kamala Harris and that this judge donated to Joe Biden. I think that's relevant, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? Here's something else. <clears throat> Alvin Bragg's case against Trump shows complete ignorance and manipulation of basic accounting. So this is from Gateway Pundit. I'm just going to read it because they say it better than I could. The dumbest case ever just got dumber. The charges brought against President Trump by a New York City DA, Alvin Bragg, who is getting fatter by the day, by the way. I think he, I think he and Stacey Abrams are seeing the same dietitian. Uh, make no sense. You would think that if you were going to indict a president of the United States that you would have a case. But in this case, but this case offers nothing. Okay. So basically there was a, uh, the DA claims that President Trump made an accounting entries in error years ago. Okay, uh, guys. Accounting errors, maybe a period in the wrong place, uh, a, 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 you know, uh, maybe off by a couple hundred dollars. As someone who has to be a, the treasurer of two uh, PACs, I have a federal and a state that I'm treasurer of, I'm in charge of doing all that stuff, okay? I am not a bookkeeper, okay? I have been on the phone many, many times with the Federal Election Commission, when they're like, hey, um, this doesn't square with your last report. I'm like, oi. And it's not that I'm cheating. It's not that I'm doing anything wrong. It's that I'm not, I'm not an accountant. So even, even accountants make mistakes. And keep in mind, the Federal Elections Commission declined to prosecute this case. They said, no, we're not gonna, we're not gonna prosecute it. Also, the former DA was told you one of the prosecutors in the DA's office, the DA decided not to prosecute. This this former prosecutor wrote this book called The Case Against Donald Trump. And basically what Alvin Bragg did, Fat Alvin, what he did, yeah, he's fat. Yeah. And I'm gonna call him Fat Alvin. What Fat Alvin did is he basically took that and he uh, read that book and he was like, you know what? Sounds good to me. Let's just let's just uh, retype it. And put a put the stamp of the New York DA on it because that's basically what this case is, and it's ridiculous. But they're going to try and throw him in jail. They're going to try and throw him in jail because they want two things to happen: they want Donald Trump not to be able to run for president anymore, and they want his supporters to lose their minds. Okay, so 
if the former happens, if this wonderful man whose only crime, <laughs> whose only crime was wanting to make America great again, whose only crime is wanting to expose the left, whose only crime is wanting to pull the curtain back and show you the American people exactly how the sausage is made. His only crime is that they're going to do everything they can to stop him. And they're going in the meantime, because Trump has always said, in reality, ladies and gentlemen, they're after you. I'm just in the way. And um, I, I, on a personal note, without getting too much into details here, because I would totally give it away and I don't want to do that. Um, I found out this week that a person who I've been affiliated with here and there in the media, uh, who I thought, who I suspected had a hard on for me. <laughs> I found out this week. Um, yes, indeed, it is true. So I'm not paranoid. I'm not crazy. It was confirmed. And I'm like, Ooh, someone else showed their ass this week too. So uh, I win. And look, guys, Trump Trump is going to beat this. Either he's going to beat it in court, it's going to be dismissed. But hopefully the judge will at least be have a modicum of fairness and be like, this is a ridiculous case. I'm dismissing it, I hope. But if he doesn't and they try and convict this guy on some BS accounting errors or some BS charges that literally no one else was going to charge him with, on when the statute of limitations is up and they they made a misdemeanor into a felony. I hope for the sake of our republic they don't throw this man in jail. But I wouldn't I would put nothing past them. That is how badly they want to get rid of Donald Trump because Donald Trump stands in the way of the deep state and Donald Trump stands in the way of their filth and their lies and their schemes. And when I get back and we'll do this shoe warning segment, I'm gonna tell you a little story about a friend of mine. And, um, you know, you think that if you're listening to my show, you're probably pretty well informed. You know what I'm talking about. You know the players I'm mentioning and the people. But, you know, a lot of people have no idea, even the people on our side. And I'm going to tell you a little story about a friend of mine that will illuminate this. You're listening to Angela Soapbox on Rachel Radio. One more segment. It's the shoe warning segment. Be right back. Listen up, Texans. RER Nation has got to grow. We've got to have those RER app downloads. Android devices. Here's how to share the RER app. Get to your application manager through settings. Tap the RER app logo. There's your Google Play, right? Scroll down. See the share icon? Hit it. Choose text or messenger. Pick a couple of Texas Patriots. Give a testimony in 160 characters. Send. iOS device folks, do the equivalent through the app. Store. Let's get it viral. RER app. It's no secret about the censorship that big technology companies are practicing as we speak. Are there ways to get around this? For us, the Rage Against Elephants Radio, and for you, the Rage Against Elephants Radio app is the way to do that. It gives us direct communication to you with no middleman, no Facebook, no Google, no Twitter, Raging Elephants Radio, and you in direct connection, no interception. Beat 
the censorship. Download the Raging Elephants Radio app. Radio. Um, here's the shoehorning segment, and before we jump into other um, topics, I want to continue just briefly on um, some more of this Trump indictment crap. Um, Alvin Bragg is, Fat Alvin is a detestable human. He's a filthy leftist through and through. He is, he received a million dollars from George Soros, and George Soros is an evil man, alright? And I've said this about um, leftists in general. They they tend to not believe in God, so they think that this earth is all there is, and so they they look to be gods on this earth, and they look to make the earth their bitch essentially, and make the world do what they want the world to do. And so um, George Soros has made no um, has made it very clear he wants to destroy the United States. You know, in the fall of Rome uh, timeline. You know the "you are here" thing. We're we're in the timeline of the the fall of Rome and and dictatorships and communist takeovers. We're we are throwing the opposition leaders into jail. So that is where we are. Um, Alvin Bragg, uh, like all George Soros funded DAs, refused to actually prosecute felonies. Refused to actually put people in jail. Um, this week in New York City, for example, there was a man, a parking attendant that um, was getting robbed by a thug and the thug had a gun and the man was able to wrestle the, the thug and they, they were in a tussle and whatever. And they, the, the victim was able to shoot the thug. Well, guess who got arrested? The victim. He wakes up in Bellevue sh- chained to a hospital bed. And there was such an outcry that Alvin Bragg had no choice but to drop the case. But the fact that Alvin Bragg's office actually brought a case against a man defending his life against a thug with a rap sheet a mile long just shows you how unbelievably destructive these people are. Now, there is a new uh, there's a new sheriff in town in uh, Chicago. And if you thought Beetlejuice, a.k.a. Lori Lightfoot, is bad. Um, I have a feeling that this new person is going to be even worse if that's humanly possible. This guy is, this guy is, y'all, let me, let me, let me read a little bit about this dude real quick. Let me share my screen so you can see what I'm talking about. Uh, where is this? I swear. It's always an adventure, isn't it, ladies and gentlemen? Where's my safari? There it is. I mean, I have too many things open, basically, is the point. Okay. Chicago mayor-elect Brandon Johnson wants illegal aliens to vote in local elections. Okay. That's the least of it, guys. He wants to base... <laughs> Lori Lightfoot has been such an unmitigated disaster. That that under-the-bridge troll that she is, she's been such an unmitigated disaster. You would think that the people that live in Chicago would elect a moderate, but they did not. This guy, Valle's was the moderate but george soros funneled a lot of money into brandon johnson's uh campaign and brandon johnson weirdly enough was involved with the education system of chicago and one out of 20 one out of 20 children in chicago know how to read 
or excuse me, do math on a grade level. I don't know what the literacy rate is. It can't be much better. It's probably worse, frankly. But the fact that this guy who wants to get rid of standards, who wants to get rid of testing, who wants to get rid of um, standards for teachers, like he just wants to dumb down and dumb down and dumb down. And again, this isn't like rocket science to figure out. Like, listen, math is hard, okay? I'm stupid and math is hard. But even a dummy like me can figure out that the reason the left wants to dumb down generation after generation after generation of people, especially minorities, is because they need those reliable voters who are going to need government assistance, a.k.a. need the Democrats. Like, it's not hard. It's not hard to figure out. Again, I'm stupid and math is hard, but even a dummy like me can figure that out. So in New York, we've got 72% of violent crime suspects are freed without bail to go on and commit more crimes. And Alvin Bragg's, uh, you know, campaigns on getting Trump. That that's that's his priority is trumping up a bunch of misdemeanors to get Trump. Now, just in case you've got uh you're wondering what Ron DeSantis has been up to. A couple of stories about DeSantis that I find interesting. Now, Full disclosure, I love Ron DeSantis. I think Ron DeSantis is fantastic. I think Ron DeSantis is going to be a uh, a fantastic president one day. I also don't think it's Ron DeSantis's time, okay? And I've made that very clear. I think he would be very wise to stay out of the 2024 election because Trump needs a chance to be able to win again, okay? He had 2020 stolen from him. There's no amount of telling me to shut up about it is going to change my mind, okay? I, it was stolen in many, many ways. Many, many, many ways. And we're just talking about the Hunter laptop, Hunter Biden laptop stuff. You know, 70% of voters that voted for Biden said if they if they had known that that was real, they wouldn't have voted for Biden. So whether that means they voted for Trump or didn't vote, that means President Trump would have won. 70%, are you serious? Like just that alone, okay? Much less all the other shenanigans. So the report is, is that Democrats ordered, oh, I am an idiot. <laughs> I I thought this was about DeSantis. It's not about DeSantis. Democrats are ordered to stay quiet on the Trump indictment. But I do want to talk about DeSantis really quick. Um, hang on one sec. Let me get back on here. Okay. Um, so DeSantis was told by some major donors that he probably should sit this one out. And I agree with that. So let's hope he does. Um, I think he should have been a little more uh, forceful, like Vivek Rem. I can't say his last name, but Vivek Rema's Waff. I'll, I'll figure out how to say his name eventually, because that guy's amazing, y'all. If you don't know who Vivek is, look up the guy Vivek, the Indian-American gentleman who's running for president, who, you know, has zero chance in hell of winning, but he's really good and his platform's great. But he, he was very forceful coming out about this. And uh, most Republicans were, except... The typical, you know, dirtbag rhinos who didn't say anything. Um, okay, so let's let's talk about one more little thing. State-run media at work. ABC blurs out text Trump at 88082, but allows, but allows the ad for Joe Biden. So ABC News, when Trump was making his speech from Mar-a-Lago the other night, I still need to watch it. Sure, it was really great. They blurred out text Trump at 88022. 
which is his fundraising text number. But they did not do the same for Joe Biden when Joe Biden uh, was campaigning. I mean, it's just it's it's just it's overwhelming, y'all. It's one thing after another. So we've got some more. Uh, we've got some election news. I heard this today that will make your blood boil in Texas. A couple things. Um, those of us who know that Alex Mueller and uh, other people, Alexander Mueller ran for Harris County judge and the judges up and down the ticket in Harris County. Um, basically what happened on election day is they, quote, ran out of ballots, but only in the Republican areas. And Cindy Siegel, the chair of uh, Harris County GOP, has made a heat map. And you can see on the heat map exactly what they did. They literally targeted precincts that were heavy Republican turnout districts. And because Republicans tend to vote on election day, they didn't have paper for them to vote. Okay. So that's just one of the things they did. And then they're, and then we find out they're doing this ballot shaving. Like one out of every six ballots are being shaved. So conservatively speaking, they are saying that as, you know, like 150,000 votes could be at stake here. And Alex Mueller and these other judge races were decided by, you know, under 15,000 votes, less than 1%. So definitely definitive, definitely determinative. So I find out today that I used to have, I have a segment on the show called Good Greg Abbott, Bad Greg Abbott. Now, I thought Greg Abbott was going to be good because Greg Abbott said he was going to tell the Texas Rangers to please go ahead and see what you can find out about Harris County because this stinks to high heaven. Found out today that Greg Abbott did not do that via executive order. Greg Abbott gave it to Kim Ogg, the Democrat, Harris County DA, who also has been funded by George Soros, not to the tune of a million dollars, but to the tune of $10,000. So instead of ordering it, executive order, which he has the right to do in the Texas Constitution, he decides to punt it and give it to a Democrat DA in Harris County. Like, does that sound like a guy that wants to get to the bottom of this, ladies and gentlemen? I think not. I think not. Just like, uh, can I, can can y'all please explain to me why we don't have a border wall still? I'll tell you why. Because there's a lot of people. There are a lot of businesses in Texas that depend on illegal alien uh, uh, labor. And, you know, there's a part of me that's like, look, all illegal aliens are not created equal. Like, for sure. Okay. The illegal aliens that are working at restaurants or working on construction sites are generally speaking good people, decent people, want to do the right thing, working hard, feeding their families. Those are the one kinds of illegal aliens. Now, in my in my heart of hearts, of course, I wish they would have done it the correct way. And then we would have welcomed them in with open arms. But generally speaking, those are not the bad ones that we need to worry about. The ones that that we need to worry about. But of course, they're letting in all of them. So they're letting in the good with the bad are the drug traffickers and the child traffickers and the and the cartels and and uh and the ms-13 and all that good stuff so all of those people are also coming in to texas and other uh, states so it's a problem greg abbott so we need we need a reason why the texas rangers aren't on this because at the beginning of this debacle we all we all thought that the texas rangers were going to be on this and it turns out they're not turns out they're not um, one more thing, a couple more things. Democrats love talking about uh, uh, lawfare and how they're so good at lawfare and 
lawfare is the way they get us. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, lawfare is basically <clears throat> lawfare is using the uh, the 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 legal system to uh, go after conservatives, essentially. And anyway, they they've been using lawfare to go after conservatives for a long time. I think I just lost power. Hang on. Okay, sorry about that. Um, I thought my internet has been so bonkers this week. It's been driving me insane because I cut the cord months ago and my sister's like, you need to go back to AT&T. And I'm like, screw AT&T. I'm not doing it. And I'm not, and you know why? I'm not going to do it because of spite. That's why I'm not going to do it. But I want to quickly share this with you because Claver's going to yell at me because I'm going over. I'm sorry, Claver. Where are my notes? Okay, there are my notes. All right, so this is great. So lawfare, guys. Here's here's something great that, okay, I don't know why my screen share is paused. Okay, resume share. Sorry about that, guys. Sorry about that. Resume share. I don't know why this isn't working. Here, okay, now you can see it. All right. Stuff from the Capitol, Trump allies buy at properties to build a MAGA campus. Now, the Conservative Partner Institute, a nonprofit led by former Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, says it aims to transform a swath of prime real estate in D.C., Capitol Hill neighborhood into a campus it calls Patriots Row. Ladies and gentlemen, this is what we need. We need people to be doing this. We need conservatives like Stephen Miller of America First Legal and his group. They're going after Democrats, using lawfare against them. I would love to come visit Patriots Row once this is done. Because what this is going to do, and my friend... Um, who uh, is one of the main donors of America First Legal and Conservative Partnership Institute? What what they want to do is they want to train, they want to train um, staffers, uh, Capitol Hill staffers. They want to train interns in lawfare. They want to train lawyers in lawfare and how to go after these Democrats because that is what we've got to do. We've got to we got to beat these lunatics at their game, or at least like try and keep up with them at their game because. They are very, very good at uh, stealing elections, at tying things up in court, in uh, dominating media, in dominating the courts. Like it's time to it's time to play catch up, and that's that's all we can do. We can just keep fighting and uh, keep sticking it to them. And as I like to say at the end of every show, and it is the end of my show, unfortunately, we just have to do this: keep kicking ass and taking names. Peace. But before I say peace, I say, you've been listening to Angela's Soapbox on Raging Elements Radio. Keep kicking ass and taking names. Now I'm going to say peace again. Peace!